The Wicked Smart Sportscast is brought to you by SellMySBatteries.com. As always, the go-to website for all your battery needs. SellMySBatteries carries a full line of super heavy-duty ultra-outline lithium and button cell batteries. SellMySBatteries compares in quality to well-known national brands, and the best part, SellMySBatteries are priced much lower than their competitors. Flashlights, remote controls, gaming controls, headphones, digital cameras, hearing aids, smoke lamps, radios, whatever device you need a battery for, Sunrise Batteries has the best batteries at the best price for your device. You can order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of ultra-alkaline, ID for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON at checkout, all uppercase BOSTON, and save 20% off your entire order. That's coupon code BOSTON at checkout and save big today. Semixbatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X-Batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks, as always, to Dolly Dreams for the intro music this week. We're right about at the halfway point of the NFL preseason, and there's a lot of storylines floating around, from holdouts to standouts to freakouts from one certain Raider, and I want to get into all of it. So we're going to do an NFL roundup of storylines, and in the first half of the show, rest assured, I'm going to focus mostly on Patriot stuff, being that this is a Boston-based podcast, and I'll cover all those notes and then we're going to get into some of the big league landscape-altering stories, the real important stuff for the NFL, uh, in the second half of the podcast. So let's start with the biggest news for the Patriots, which was the reinstatement of Josh Gordon this past week. Uh, you know, quite honestly, I was stunned by this news. I really was, because really, it seems like at this point, the league is just going to give Josh Gordon as many chances as he wants. There's no last chance coming for Josh Gordon. You know, everybody thought... Last year was going to be his last chance. Everybody thought he was out of the league for good when he was suspended in December. Everybody thought with the Patriots, this is his last opportunity, and he gets reinstated again. He's been suspended six times in total over his career. He's been denied reinstatement into the league twice, and in total, he's missed 61 games in his career due to suspension, if you include last year's playoffs. That's 61 of a possible 115 games he could have played. Over half of the games he could have played in the NFL, he's missed due to suspension or recovery-related issues. As I said, everyone thought last December Josh Gordon was done for good, and now he's back this season for Week 1. And as I tweeted out last night, I don't think Josh Gordon got off easy here. The suspension resulted in him missing three playoff games, including the Super Bowl, any one of which would have been the biggest game of his professional life. So that is a big loss for him. It's big for him not to have been able to play in those games. But being suspended in week 16 of last year and being back for week one of this season, it does seem kind of lenient when you paint it like that for a guy that has been suspended as much as Gordon has. And for a guy that everyone was saying probably wouldn't play in the NFL ever again. So, uh, you know, what the league is telling you by reinstating Josh Gordon is that he's going to get all the chances he wants, essentially. They are not prepared to walk away from Josh Gordon for whatever reason, whether that's because Roger Goodell has taken him up as a project. He wants to help build Josh Gordon back up into what he once was, and he wants that to be part of his legacy as commissioner, as him helping Josh Gordon get back to the league and overcome his issues. Whether Is that something that's at play here? Possibly. But it's clear that for whatever reason, Josh Gordon's going to keep getting chances until he decides he's done. 
and something happens one way or another. But as far as the on the field component to it and Josh Gordon's role with the Patriots, I, I think there's an element to Bill Belichick's comments that should concern Josh Gordon fans. But first off, we go back to Bill Belichick's comments before Gordon's reinstatement where he said, quote, we have nothing to do with Josh Gordon. That's a pretty big statement to make. I know he was suspended at that time, but that's not, you know, he's suspended, so we're going to have to wait for the league to do something about that. That's not what that is. A comment like that from Bill Belichick is a comment you make to distance yourself from somebody. Belichick was distancing himself from Josh Gordon there. So next what happens? Gordon gets reinstated and Belichick releases a statement saying what? He doesn't say we welcome Josh Gordon back in with open arms. He doesn't say we're excited to have a player like Josh back in the mix. No, what does he say? He says when Josh returns to our program, we will evaluate the situation and do what we feel is best for Josh and the team. Hmm. Do what we feel is best. Interesting. So then Bill is asked to elaborate on that part of it by a reporter. And the reporter asked if there's any uncertainty about Josh Gordon's future in New England. Basically asking Bill essentially if Gordon is in danger of being cut. That's what he was asking. Now, some of you would laugh at that question. Say, of course not. The Patriots wouldn't cut Josh Gordon. They're not going to go there. And Bill Belichick didn't say that. Bill Belichick doesn't promise anyone a roster spot. What Belichick said was, I mean, he he hasn't even gotten on the field yet. So there have been three instances where Belichick has been given an opportunity to commit to Josh Gordon, to commit to him on the Patriots roster, to commit to him as part of the Patriots' plans in the future. He isn't doing that. Why? Because there might not be a place for him on the team. Josh Gordon's a great talent. He has been a great talent for his whole career, but the best ability is availability, and over half the time, he's not available. The question is whether or not Josh Gordon's talent is worth the hassle of keeping him on the team when he probably won't be there for you in January, based on his past. And at this stage of his career, his talent might not be worth that. He had the highest drop rate of anyone on the team last year. The Patriots went out and invested a first-round pick in a wide receiver this offseason. Yet another instance where Bill Pelichek was telling you, I'm not committing to Josh Gordon being here. They weren't planning for Josh Gordon to come back, clearly. And I'm sure you've heard this about Bill Belichick. Once he starts thinking about life without you on his team, no matter who you are, he starts to warm to the idea. Once he starts preparing for life without you, then you're really in trouble. The Patriots have Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry, Demarius Thomas, Braxton Berrios, Jacoby Myers, Maurice Harris, Philip Dorsett, and Josh Gordon. They have so many receivers that a proven, reliable NFL receiver, Dontrell Inman, looked at how many receivers they have and said, I have no shot at making the roster, and asked for his own release from the team. A receiver that is so good that he had multiple suitors right away and has already found a new team. The Chargers have already signed him. Only about five of the eight receivers I listed are going to make the team. Edelman and Harry are locks. It's hard for me to imagine that they would cut Philip Dorsett or Jacoby Myers at this point. So if it came down to it, and if Bill Belichick has to choose between Demarius Thomas, Josh Gordon, or Maurice Harris, don't be surprised when he doesn't pick Josh Gordon. You know, I said this last week, the Patriots have a lot of tough roster decisions to make. That There are going to be some surprise cuts. Big name guys like Jamie Collins, Derek Rivers, someone that a lot of people like, Danny Shelton, Rex Burkhead, Brian Hoyer, those guys are all in serious danger of being cut. 
Never mind all the wide receivers I just listed. I mean, hell, Ryan Allen was just cut, arguably a top five punter in the league. Obviously, Jake Bailey's been really good, so we all kind of saw that coming. But, you know, it just kind of shows you that anyone can really be cut no matter who they are. I'm surprised they didn't trade Ryan Allen, to be honest. I figured, you know, they could get at least a conditional seventh rounder for how good he was in the Super Bowl, but I guess not. Um, as far as other Patriots preseason notes, I mean, Jacoby Myers obviously continues to impress. I like what we've seen from Jared Stidham, but I don't know that he's the next guy. I'm certainly not ready to commit to that. He's had a few nice plays. The third down run at the end of the fourth quarter was really good. The pass, the touchdown pass to Patterson was obviously great. But there's still a lot unknown there with the fourth round guy, and I don't think we're going to know whether or not he's the guy just based on this preseason. And I certainly think at the very least, picking up another quarterback in next year's draft in the fourth round to compete with him a little bit wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. Uh, Damian Harris was great. His game reminds me a lot of, you know, a great rusher, Frank Gore, in some ways. Isaiah Wynn, as I expected, looked good and should only get better. He was a first-round pick for a reason. He's obviously a really good player, so I'm excited for that. Overall, I thought the Titans game was a much better barometer to judge where the Patriots are right now than the Lions game. Their only weak position to me, the Patriots, is tight end, and that's obviously very concerning, but we haven't seen much of Ben Watson at all yet, and I did like the little bit we saw of Matt Lacoste, so we'll see how that develops. Uh, but yeah, the tight end position is the only real spot on the Patriots roster where I look at it and say they're not incredibly deep, because everywhere else it, it really seems like they are. Um, let's talk about some of the bigger, more fun NFL stuff. Let's talk about Antonio Brown and his incredibly uh, disturbing feat. So <laughs> Antonio Brown obviously frostbite but also upset with the NFL after his helmet was outlawed by the league it's now illegal to wear and he's been refusing to practice and we're kind of hearing conflicting reports on whether or not he's back at practice with the Raiders or not first we heard that he was there at practice and then a report came out that he actually left the field and went back to the weight room once the Raiders actually started practicing and then Gruden came out and said no he did practice and then there's another report that he's in a new helmet today so there's all conflicting reports and Brown has filed another grievance with the NFL and the whole thing is just a mess there was actually uh, some great insight on Brown's helmet his situation with uh, from 49ers O-lineman Joe Staley the other day who said the old helmet would kind of suction to your head a little bit, the one that Brown used to use, and that's why he thinks Brown liked it, because as you're running down the field, the helmet doesn't move and shake, and it makes it easier to see while you're catching and cutting and all that stuff. And this new helmet, apparently the problem is, it does have some shakiness to it. So it was some great insight, and it very well could be the case of why Brown's so upset. So I get why he would have an issue about losing that advantage, because presumably it's going to affect how well he can play on the field, or at least that's what he thinks. But... This is what I don't get about Antonio Brown. He has $30 million guaranteed coming to him on this next contract, no matter how well he plays in the next two years, good or bad. So was he really going to give that up because of a helmet? On the one hand, I can respect it because you could look at it and say he doesn't care about the money. It's just about how well he can play on the field. And that is admirable in a sense. On the other hand, I look at it and say it's just incredibly stupid. $30 million, you're going to give up over a helmet. $30 million over two years. There are reasons people retire, whether it's for health or family or whatever, that you have to respect. But giving up that much money because you can't wear your favorite helmet is insane. And Brown is insane, clearly, from what we've seen on Hard Knocks and everywhere else. But still, and you know, the other side of it, I look at Mike Mayock essentially 
daring Antonio Brown to show up or retire yesterday, and I say that's incredibly stupid too. That's not what Mayock wants. He was so obviously bluffing there, and there was no way he actually wanted Brown to retire under any circumstances. He would take Brown holding out another six weeks and coming back in regular season week four or five over him retiring 100 times out of 100. It was a total bluff to try to get him back in camp. Now, it looks like it worked, and Brown's back at practice, but that was a big risk to take. He was really playing with fire by testing Brown like that. You know, we've seen that you have to treat Brown with kid gloves. Nevertheless, he is back at practice in an approved helmet, according to the latest report, but this story's still far from over. I mean, with Brown, he could still fly back off the handle at any moment. Anything could happen. Maybe he'll end up smashing his helmet into pieces on the ground in practice one day and walk off, and we'll never see him again. I... This could blow up again at any point. You know, besides that, we'll still, at the very least, get to see all of this play out in hard knocks as that series continues. So don't think just because he's practicing again that we've heard the last of this story, because we definitely have not. So Brown is back at camp, Josh Gordon is back at camp, but who's still not back at camp? The backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon, who both continue to hold out for new contracts. It is funny because... After seeing how this played out last year for their fellow running back, Le'Veon Bell, where he hit free agency and got a deal worth less than the Steelers reported offer was initially, you'd think these guys would be more applicable to negotiating with their teams, but that doesn't appear to be the case for whatever reason. And I find myself thinking about this narrative that's kind of formed around running backs, which is essentially that they're disposable, don't last long at their peaks, and even the best don't contribute much to winning. And it's kind of made me think, well, what happens to the superstar running back? If analytics are making running backs less and less valuable, then will there be no more superstar running backs? Is Elliott just as disposable to the Cowboys as someone like Mark Ingram or Jay Ajayi or Jordan Howard or someone like this? And I think most people would say, obviously not. Elliott is clearly much more talented than those guys and should be paid more than 98% of running backs in the league. It's not so much that you shouldn't pay running backs at all, It's just about what a running back is really worth in today's game, even the best. The answer is a lot less than these running backs think they're worth. So if we look across the league and all these star running backs are holding out and all these teams aren't willing to pay them, to me the issue, these running backs need to realize it's not just your team that doesn't want to pay you. No one wants to pay you. None of these teams want to. So you think you're worth 15 million per year. You're not. You know why you're not? Because no one wants to pay you $15 million per year. Your financial value is solely based on what someone is willing to pay you. Nothing else. It doesn't matter what kind of stats you put up. It doesn't matter if you feel like you help your team more than Oda Beckham helps his team. That doesn't matter. What matters is how much you're deemed to be worth on the open market. Le'Veon Bell just showed all these guys how much that is. And it's clearly not what these players thought it would be. So the position that holds out more than any other position is running back. You'd think at some point... These guys would pick up on the fact and realize, oh, maybe I'm not worth as much as I thought, and maybe my position just isn't as valuable as others in the league. But they're in denial, and as long as they stay in denial, their position will continue to kind of die out. There's only one way to revitalize the running back position. That way is, all these guys need to start taking less money. And this isn't an owners versus players thing to me. It's not, I'm pro-player in negotiations on most occasions, but to me, This is an analytics issue. This is about analytics telling running backs you're not as valuable to your team as you think you are, and running backs having to adjust to that truth and accept what their real value is. One thing's for sure, these holdouts have to end. They're incredibly infuriating, I'm sure we can all agree, especially to those of us 
who play fantasy football. You know, do you draft Zeke? Do you draft Gordon? If so, where? Do you take them completely off your board? If Zeke's there at 10, you're not going to take him? Well, what if he doesn't play all year? Then he's definitely not worth the 10th pick. No one wants a Le'Veon Bell situation. So it is just a nightmare to deal with. So hopefully this ends soon and the yearly war between NFL GMs and their running backs can be over and we can just watch great players like Ezekiel Elliott and Melvin Gordon play and they can get paid a good amount of money, maybe not as much as they want, but at least at the high end for their position in the league. All right, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at KJJLGBS. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Wicked Smart Pod. Check out everything over at Guy Boston Sports. I may have a big announcement over on my Twitter in the coming days. We're working out some final little notes uh, ahead of an event that is coming up with uh, an organization. I can't say too much, but we are working out something. So stay up to date with my Twitter. You never know when that announcement's going to come, and it's going to be pretty special. So be sure to look out for that. But thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week.